Hey, good morning, Elm Grove family. We want to welcome you today to this special Easter service at Elm Grove. Now, you'll recognize we're not in the church building that we're used to as we gather and celebrate Easter's in the past. Today, all across this world, people are gathering inside their own homes to celebrate with their families the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We've said it time and time again. We're going to say it one more time. We believe revival doesn't start at the church house and revival can't be voted into the White House. Revival starts at this house and at your house, at our own personal homes. And so today we're excited to host you into our homes. You'll see throughout the entirety of today's service, uh, everything that is, uh, that is recorded through our worship, through our specials, through our welcomes, even the message will be recorded at the homes of those who are engaging with you through this live feed. And so we're excited to host you this morning. We want to welcome you to Easter Sunday at Elm Grove. Come on, let's go inside the homes of some of our people. Let's enjoy some time together. Elm Grove, we love you. Come on, let's celebrate Jesus Christ today. Come with me. All right, Elm Grove family. We want to welcome you to the Cloud House. Welcome to our second favorite place in our home. Number one, right that way, it's the kitchen. The kitchen is our number one place here in the Cloud House. Number two, right here in this place. And I think Gentry is going to welcome you into this place right now. That's right. Happy Easter. Welcome to our living room. We're shooting this from our living room. We have taken days to get this place prepared for this shot. Peeling Play-Doh off the walls, off the ceiling, off the floors. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We haven't been really doing that. It's still up there. So, but hey, we're so honored to host you this morning. Throughout this service today, many of those who are engaging with you through this service they're going to be hosting you into their homes as well. Again, every shot today is shot inside the in, in, inside of our houses. And so we decided to be kind of a neat spin here today, Easter at home. And so here in a few moments, we're going to Blake and Bethany. They're going to lead us in worship. We also got a very special song coming up. Stay tuned for that. Excited about that. But before we go any further, let me make one announcement uh, regarding rib dinner. This coming Friday night is the third Friday night of the month. And for years past and for years to come, the third Friday of the night is always rib dinner night. It is a staple in Northwest Oklahoma. So many people in our community and in our area, we have people that drive over a hundred miles to come to this uh, every Friday night. But we are sad to say that this Friday night, uh, rib dinner has been canceled. Uh, we just felt it's the best in the best interest of our community, uh, those people who would come, and those people who would come and work as well. We just don't feel like we can make this work and still uh, be who we're supposed to be, uh, adhering to uh, uh, what we're supposed to be adhering to in this time as far as uh, restrictions and sanctions go. And so right now we've just decided we're gonna cancel rib dinner for the month of April, and we're believing with all of our heart that in the month of May, we're gonna be able to come back to rib dinner. So we're sorry to say, but for the month of April, rib dinner has been canceled. Then what are we gonna eat? It's not like we can go to Nana Papa's. Looks like we're going to Sonic again. Well, we, we, <laughs> we can do something here. So, what, Gentry? What do you want to eat, Gentry? Do you know where you want to eat? 
Pancakes and eggs. Pancakes and eggs. <laughs> hey, we'll make that happen. So, pancakes and eggs at the Clouds House. So, uh, but again, this bacon. third Friday and bacon. And bacon. Hey, we're all over the bacon. So, this third Friday of April, again, no rib dinner. We're sorry to put that out there, but no rib dinner. So, help us get the word out. We'll have that all over our social media. So, I uh, just want to make sure everyone is aware. Also, if you're looking for an opportunity to give this morning, go to our website, elmgrovecc.org. If you go to elmgrovecc.org, you'll find a giving link there. You can either give by card or you can text give right there on your mobile device as well. And so uh, the opportunities to give, and if, even if you want to put it in the mail, you can put it in the mail, mail it to the church, and uh, we greatly appreciate that. So many people have been giving over the past few weeks throughout this whole uh, time that we've been apart. We want to say thank you for those who have been supporting the church. And, and uh, man, we just we just pray that all, all this is over soon. We pray that you're able to go back to work and do the things that you want to do and to experience the life that you want to experience. But thank you for giving. Thank you for praying for us. And thank you for serving our community as well. So, hey, again, we want to welcome you to our house this morning. Welcome to the Cloud Home. But right now, we're going to go a couple of counties over. We're going to go to Garfield County, to Garber, Oklahoma, and Pastor Barry and Barbara Prague. Uh, they're new on staff at Elm Grove. Been here for right about a month now. Ever since they got here, man, things have been crazy. We just don't know what that's all about. But ever since they got here, uh, uh, they've been a great addition to our church family. And they want to take a few moments this morning here on this Easter Sunday and say hello to the Elm Grove family. So let's go right now to Garber, America with Pastor Barry and Barbara Pratt. You forgot to ask mom to say something. It's okay. Oh, I did. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. okay. No. We're done. It's Adios. fine. I'm going to, I'm going to eat my Alfred. What? 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 Stop. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Ready? Okay. Good. Take two. <laughs> um, good morning, everyone. We're so excited to be with you today. Um, coming to you from our house in Garber. We miss you guys. Um, we're so excited to, to be able to greet you this morning. Barry was so excited that he bought everyone some chocolate candy. Where is that candy? I ate some. Oh, God. Okay. Well, it was a nice thought anyway. But we can't wait to be back in church with you. And, and have worship with the with all of you get to hug your neck and just get to praise Jesus together such a special week and we're so thankful for his blessings on us we're so thankful that he gave his life for us so that we can we can be with him one day and we just want to tell you that we love you and just hope you have a great Easter it's nice to hear Barbara's voice I've been doing all the preaching I've been doing a Bible study every day and 
And it kind of hard to listen to my voice. It sounds good to hear Barbara's voice. She's been doing all the videoing and all the technical work, and uh, she's just a whiz at this stuff. God, God just saw that years ago when we got married that she would be able to do that. He really blessed me with a with a wonderful wife. We've had a great time doing this. Um, look, anyway, happy Easter to everybody. Can't wait to see you again. Love you, and and the Lord loves you, and He knows about all of this, and He's with us. And I um, hope you have a hope you have a great Easter, and uh, looking forward to hearing Pastor Jared preach this morning. And um, heard a good sermon last week from Brother White. I just pray that uh, you have a great day today. Bless you. Easter at home is the, is the theme for this uh, special Easter service, and um, we have some music prepared uh, for you today. Uh, the first one that we're going to do is um, Holy Spirit, Thou Art Welcome, and um, we want to do this to try to help create um, a welcoming atmosphere in the place that you're watching and the place that you're worshiping this morning. Um, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit come and meet you. And, um, and we're going to do that through song this morning, so please join us. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, Thou welcome in this place, impotent Father of mercy and grace, who art welcome in this place, Lord in 
in thy presence there's healing divine and no other power can save Lord but thine Holy Spirit thou art welcome in this place thou art welcome in this place Amen Alright, wonderful this next song is uh, It Keeps Me Singing and uh, last weekend, I was working on some uh, home improvement uh, projects, and I was this song came to me. God, you know, kind of put it in my head, and I was so thankful. But um, but I had uh, within my heart a melody, and I um, and I was able to sing sing it while I was doing the project, and it made a huge difference, and it lifted my spirits. So um, now we're gonna do that one for you now. So. There's within my heart a melody Jesus whispers sweet and low Fear not, I am with you, peace be still In all of life's ebb and flow Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Sweetest name I know Fills my every Every longing keeps me singing as I go. All my life is wrecked by sin and strife. Discord filled my heart with pain. Jesus swept across the broken strings, stirred this woman's cord again. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Sweetest name I know Fills my every, fills my every longing Keeps me singing as I go Feasting on the riches of His grace Hurting neath the wheel and wind Always looking on His smiling face that is why I shout and sing Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Sweetest name I know Fills my every, fills my every longing He keeps me singing as I go Though sometimes He leads through waters deep Trials fall across the way Sometimes the peaks may rough and steep That is why you fill the way <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Sweetest name I know Fills my every, fills my every longing It keeps me singing as I go Soon he's coming back to welcome me Far beyond the stormy sky I shall wing my flight in the world's unknown I shall reign with him on high Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Sweetest name I know 
fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. Amen. Can I get an amen in the back? All right. Amen. You want another one? All right, it's coming at you. Um, the next song is Because He Lives, and uh, I guess it's the great Easter song. Um, it's what makes us the Easter people because the tomb was empty, and uh, we're so grateful to be singing about it this morning. God sent His Son, they called Him Jesus, He came to Heal and forgive He lived and died To buy my pardon An empty grave is there To prove my Savior lives Because He lives I can face
I could not climb In desperation I turned to heaven And spoke your name into the night Then through the darkness Your loving kindness Thor through the shadows of my soul Body began to breathe. 
has lost its grip on me You have broken every chain There's salvation in your name Jesus Christ, my living hope Hallelujah, hallelujah Praise the one who set me free Hallelujah Death has lost its grip on me Salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Oh God, you are my living hope.
Welcome to our living room. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm both singing and I'm the camera crew, so if it seems like we're really close, it's probably because we are. Uh, I hope this message finds you guys well. Happy Easter from the Jones household. Um, I was asked to say something before I sing. I'm really awkward, so just bear with me. But the thing that I feel like God put on my heart is to just remind everyone that we are celebrating that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. He died and he rose again. And we've got a lot going on around us right now in the world. And I don't know what you guys have going on in your personal lives, but I know there's just a lot going on. And we just need to trust that Christ did the biggest thing imaginable. And if he can do that, and I'm sure he told everybody before it happened, I got this. Don't worry about it. I got this. It'll be okay. I got this. And he's telling us today, I got this. Don't worry about it. Just lean on me. Don't try to understand everything. Don't try to figure everything out. Just know that I've got you. So in everything, just pray and trust and believe that he's got you. If you know the song, I'll ask you to join join in with me and sing. I've got to also um, be my sound man, so hold on. Here we go. The moon and stars, they wept. The morning sun was dead. The Savior of the world was falling His body on the cross His blood poured out for us The weight of every curse upon Him
sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The Lamb has overcome. forget that. Happy Easter. You know, they only brought three charges against him to crucify. One, they said, this man loves sinners. The second, he healed on the Sabbath day. And the third, he claimed to be the son of God. Did ever a man die like Jesus? They first took long leather thongs with steel pellets or lead pellets on the end and beat him across the back until he could hardly stand up. Then they put a crown of thorns on his brow and his face was bleeding. And he dragged and lifted and hauled that cross. And then on the cross, he said, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then he dropped his head and said, it's finished. Yes, they laid him away in a tomb. And when they went out to the tomb that morning, they heard the greatest news the world has ever known. He is not here. He is risen. He's alive. He is not here. Death could not hold him. He has conquered the grave. That's the greatest news the world has ever heard. He's a living Savior. He's alive. Well, once again, we want to welcome you this morning. Maybe you've come on in just the last few moments. We want to welcome you to Elm Grove Online today. I want to give a big shout out. Thank you, Heidi, for blessing us in song today. Also, thank you to Blake and Bethany for leading us in worship. All of you guys uh, doing that from your home with, with your uh, phones. Man, what, what an incredible opportunity we have before us to, today to declare the living word of God through song and through word uh, to a world who's in need of a touch of God. 
And so, again, thank you guys for using your talent, your gift, and your anointing to bless us today. And also a shout out to Baby Jax for making his guest appearance today. Come on, uh, man, what an awesome, awesome young man. And so we're just excited uh, about what God has in store for Baby Jax. Hey, today uh, we continue in our series. And as we go through the phrases uh, that Christ said as he hung up on the cross, okay? And today we're kind of at the end as he says, it is finished. We're going to go through those three words. It is finished, okay? Three simple words, but three words that have so much complexity and so much power. Now we're going to be talking about that today. Now we're going to jump in. I'm going to give you the context of what we're talking about here in just a moment. But first of all, I want to welcome you to my favorite place in my house. Um, this is my favorite place. This is the table. This is the dinner table. And so this is where we have a great time. This is the place that helped make me the man that you see today around this table. And around this table, there's been a lot of great conversations by my family. And around this table, there's been some great food served as well. And so this is one of my favorite places in the house. Uh, it also, I don't know about you, but I know in our family, our dinner table also serves as the uh, the hub for homework, the, sub for, the hub for conversation, the hub for dinner, the hub for arts and crafts and creativity, uh, the hub for Bible study, the hub for sermon preparation, the hub for a lot of different things happen around this table where we pay the bills. And uh, I mean, this is this is the hub right here, the kitchen table. And so uh, it's an honor to host you this morning in our home, and it's an honor to bring you to the table today. And so uh, as we go into this message, just kind of let me give you some context here. Shortly before the cross, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And the Bible says that he was in such agony that he literally sweat drops of blood from his brow as he thought ahead as to what would happen and what he was about to experience upon the cross. It was worse than any of us could ever imagine. The Roman soldiers, they beat him senseless. They whipped him 39 times with the cat and nine tails. And then after that, uh, after his internal organs would be exposed from those whippings, they beat him in the face and they mocked him. They sped up on him. We said a couple weeks ago that creation mocked the creator. They took a crown of thorns and they shoved up on his brow as blood began to stream down his face, a, a face that really didn't even look human at all at this time. The soldiers, uh, they took long stakes. And they drove stakes through his wrist and through his feet, through his ankle. And as man did his worst, God was at his best. And this is when Jesus, having not said a thing this whole time, he spoke out his very first words hanging up on the cross. And check it out. His first words on the cross. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Father, forgive them for they don't even know what they're doing. Man, what? powerful words to be your first words. I know if I'd have been up there, I'd have said something like, God, get them, right? But Jesus, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. So this is where we're going to pick up the story. And in Luke chapter 19, verse 28, it says this. It says, later knowing that all was now completed, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said these words, I am thirsty. I am thirsty. Pastor Orville brought a fantastic message last week uh, dealing with that phrase. I am thirsty. Now, why did he say that? 
What's interesting, because in the Old Testament, there were all sorts of different prophecies about Jesus and what would happen and, and, and how things would happen with, with the coming Messiah. And there was still one out of all the prophecies that were prophesied about Jesus. There was still one that was yet to be fulfilled. And Jesus was nearing the point of death. And Jesus knows this. And that, that is that they would give him vinegar to drink. And so Jesus, he said, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. And here's what they did without even knowing it. These Roman soldiers fulfilled prophecy. John 19, 29 says a jar of wine vinegar was there. And so they soaked a sponge in it. And they uh, put that sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant. And they lifted it up to Jesus' lips. And so they're going to give him vinegar again to drink just to torture him one more time. They're giving him vinegar to drink as he says, I am thirsty upon the cross. And then in verse 30, it says this, it says something so intriguing. It says, when he had received the drink, he knew, okay, I've done everything that's been required of me. Every prophecy has been fulfilled. He said three of the most amazing words that we have heard to date. And that is these three words we're talking about today. It is finished. Okay. It is finished. Now, right there at your home, in your car, wherever you're at, I just want you to say those three words. It is finished. If you got your neighbor, look at your neighbor and tell them it is finished. If you don't have a neighbor, look out your window and yell down the street, yell down the road. If you live in the country and you're a mile and a half from someone, come on, yell at them so they'll hear it. Yell, it is finished. Because this is going to be an incredible, and incredible study here this morning. It is finished. Now, imagine, imagine the moment that they, the prophecy, unfulfilled prophecy was now fulfilled. Every prophecy was fulfilled. And Jesus, I don't know if it's a triumphant cry, like, it is finished, or, or if it was just like a, a quiet whisper to his father. I don't know. I don't know if it's like a Braveheart moment, like Mel Gibson, you know, you know, they will take our lives, but they will never take our free. I don't know if it's something like that. But one thing I do know is that he said it. He said those words. It is finished. It's done. We did it. Dad, we did it. We did it. God, we did it. And the Bible goes on to say that with that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. John 19, verse 30. The words, it is finished. Now those three words that we get in our English language actually come from one word, and it's the word tetelestai, T-E-T-E-L-E-S-T-A-I, tetelestai. It's a Greek word, and this word means to end, to complete, to execute, to discharge a debt. And Jesus said, I did it. I paid the debt. It's done. It's executed. I discharged the debt. I did precisely what you sent me to do, Dad. I did it. And with one little word comes so much meaning. Tetelestai. With one word has so much meaning. And so I'm going to give you three different ways that this one little word was used. First of all, it was used, number one, when a servant would return to his master after he or she had completed the task or the assignment that the master had given them. They would say, Tetelestai. Okay, it's finished. It's done. Um, also, number two, when a merchant declared that a debt was paid off, that a debt was paid in full, doesn't it feel good to get things paid off? Well, when things would be paid off, the merchant would look at, at, at the purchaser and say, Tetelestai. It is 
finished, right? The third thing, when a priest examined a lamb, when he would examine a lamb for sacrifice, and when the priest would say, Tetelestai, looking at that lamb, here's what that meant. That meant it is perfect. The lamb is without blemish, and the lamb can be used for sacrifice, okay? So three different ways that in Jesus' day this word was used, three different ways that have so much meaning. And you may say, well, he said it's finished. Well, what exactly was finished? Well, let's just roll through a few things here real quick. Okay, in the Old Testament, I'm just going to mention a few of them, but there are literally there are literal hundreds of prophecies about Jesus, about the coming Messiah. And these prophecies were spoken hundreds of years in advance of Jesus' birth, in advance of his death, in advance of his crucifixion. Some of these prophecies literally hundreds of years before that. Let's just check it out. You're going to get excited about this. Amos, the prophet Amos. He prophesied that darkness would befall the land, that when the Messiah was crucified, that darkness would come up on the earth. How many know that happened? It's right there in the Gospels. It was fulfilled. Isaiah, he said one day that Jesus would be rejected, that he would be rejected, and he was. Psalm said that he would be betrayed by a friend, and he was. Isaiah said that he would be beaten, and he was. He would be spit upon, and he was. That he would be wounded, and he was. And he would be bruised, and he was. Psalm said he would be mocked, and he was. Zechariah said he'd be forsaken by his friends. They would run out on him, and he was. Isaiah said that he would even pray for his persecutors, and he did. And he went on to say in Isaiah that he would be crucified between thieves, and he was. Psalm said they would cast lots for his clothing, and they did. Psalms also said that none of his bones would be broken, and they were not. It also said that he would cry out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And guess what? He did. We talked about that a few weeks ago. It was prophesied that he would be pierced, and he was. It was prophesied that he would that they would give him vinegar to drink, and they did. It was also prophesied that he would tell them, I am thirsty, and he did. And so all of these prophecies had now been f fulfilled. These prophecies and so, so many more, okay? But what else was finished? What else was finished was Satan's plan since the beginning of the birth of Christ. Satan did everything he could to take Jesus off of the track to the cross, but Jesus finished it. He completed what God sent him to do. The sacrifice was perfect. The debt was paid in full. Sin had lost its sting and death had lost its power. That is the best news of all. That is the finished work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. And that, my friends, is good news. It is finished. Now, just let me add some other news, though. He says it is finished, but you haven't, okay? He said it is finished. Even though all this is finished, you aren't. You're not done. That's right. None of us are done. Oh, yeah. None of us are done. If you are alive, you have unfinished business today. Come on. I want you to say those two words. Say unfinished business. Because church, we have unfinished business today. If there ever was a day that we needed just this reminder and we needed a, this mission charge for the church. It's right now in the day and age in which we live. Church, we have un 
unfinished business. If you're alive today, you have unfinished business. There is so much more that God wants to do in you and God wants to do through you. We all have unfinished business. In Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, uh, I want to let this scripture, these this couple of scriptures here just kind of sink into you. And maybe even disrupt you a little bit. I know as I've studied these, these passages have kind of disrupted me. Not kind of, they have totally disrupted me. And, and I want you to look at this. And I want you to see if you can see yourself in this passage. Look what scripture says. Revelation chapter 3 verse 1 and 2. It says, I know your deeds. You have a reputation for being alive. But you're dead. Wake up. Strengthen what remains, for I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. Wake up, strengthen what remains, for I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. Man, think about that for a second. To the American church, I say on this Easter Sunday, it's time for us to wake up. This is not the end. We're getting closer. We're getting closer to the end of this thing, but this is not the end. And we as a church have unfinished business. We have unfinished business in this world. And it's time that the church wakes up and strengthens and begins to strengthen what remains. And when I was 14, I came face to face with the gospel. I didn't know much, but one thing I knew as the preacher there at Haleyville First Assembly of God was preaching a revival service. I didn't know him. I didn't know who he was. He was just a new preacher coming in uh, to preach a, a series of revival messages at our church. But on that Wednesday night that they tagged youth night, on that Wednesday night, I knew something. I wanted to know the Jesus that that preacher was talking about. And so on that night, I surrendered my life to him. And, and then as I began to take my journey with Christ, I knew I was called into ministry. I knew God placed a calling on my life. And I'll be, you know, just straight with you. I wanted to be the next T.D. Jakes. I wanted to be the next Rock and Rod Parsley, if you know who those guys are. Man, I, I was so fired up about God. There was nothing that was going to stand in between me and, 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 and what God had, had set out for me to do. I was going to accomplish everything that God put in my life and that God created me to do. But then something happened. Then life happens. Then opposition sets in. And then bills pile up. And then busyness, busyness starts to become not just a season, but a way of life. Come on, that's preaching right there. Busyness and all that passion and all that zeal and all that, that man, I'm going to do it. Turned into, man, I just got to keep up. I just got to keep up. And my time with the Lord began to wane. My intimacy with him, my passion for him began to go secondary. My relationship with him began to take a back seat as ministry began to take a front seat. I know that sounds crazy. I know that sounds like, how can ministry, as, as a pastor, how can ministry be the driving force and then your relationship be secondary? I'm telling you guys, it's so easy to do. It's so easy to do. And then one day I woke up and I was the personification of that passage. One day I woke up and I had a, I had a reputation for being alive. 
Everybody thought I was this on fire pastor, this, this pastor who just was burning with passion. But I knew inside of my heart, uh, my relationship was almost dead. I'm just, just being honest. I, I was almost dead. And that morning I woke up and I turned on a devotion that I had, had saved on, a, on, on my, my iPod. And as I turned on that devotion, uh, the Lord began to speak to my heart. And I realized I had unfinished business. I wasn't going to live my life like this anymore. I didn't want to live my life with everyone thinking I was alive, but me knowing in my heart I was almost dead. I had unfinished business. In my unfinished business, I want to live the rest of my life in such a way that the outward passion that I have for Jesus Christ is matched by an inward character that I have in Christ. Did you catch that? I want to live the rest of my life where my outward passion for Christ is matched by an inward character that I have in Christ. That's my unfinished business. And may I ask you this morning, what's yours? What's your unfinished business? Uh, it may not be a huge area of hypocrisy, but maybe it's something that God's burdened you with. Maybe it's something that God's created you to do. Maybe it's something that you haven't seen through yet. Maybe your unfinished business is you just need to call and you need to forgive someone. Maybe your unfinished business is you just got to get out of debt right now. Maybe your unfinished business is, is, is to share the love of God with someone who you know the Lord's been laying on your heart for a long time. I, I want you to just let him speak to your heart about what that is, about what your unfinished business is. Because every single day that God blesses us with another opportunity to live is another opportunity to take one step closer to that plan and purpose of God. The plan and purpose that he's given you in your your life. Listen, we have unfinished business. Jesus, he finished well. But let's be honest, we live in a culture today where people start so, so many things, but yet we finish so few. I used to be really impressed with people who would start big and extravagant things for the Lord. And I'd say, wow, man, that's awesome that God would speak to you about big and extravagant. And that's so great. But you know, the older I get, the, 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 the less I'm impressed with the people who start big things. And the more I'm impressed with those who just finish the simple, just being real, the more I'm impressed with people who just finish the simple things. I want to finish well. I want to finish. And so how do we, like Christ, finish well? Well, I want to give you a couple of thoughts this morning. Okay, how do we finish well? How do we finish strong? How can we get to the end of our journey and be able to look at the Father and say, Tetelestai. It is finished. Okay. Well, number one, we're going to make a commitment. And I know you're kind of thinking right now, like, well, duh, you know, and you're, you might be saying, Jared, that's kind of ignorant. I've done that. I've done that already. I've made a commitment. But I just want to ask you, like, really? Like, have we? Because in, in America, I know we have a skewed view of what commitment really looks like. See, the Apostle Paul, he writes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 11. He says, now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it. Did you hear that? Finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched 
by your completion of it according to your means. So, you know, I, I believe in our culture, commitment is defined by an eager willingness. So many of us have an eager willingness to do something, but that's not commitment. Let's say right now I commit on this journey to lose weight, right? Many of those who are in my church family, you you know the journey I've been on. And man, I've been on this journey to shed a few pounds, drop a few pounds. But uh, if there's still double stuffed Oreos hanging off in my pantry right now, is that commitment? You know, this this woman, I just, I just want to let you know, uh, I've been in a relationship with another woman besides my wife. Her name's Little Debbie. Yeah. And I've invited her into my home many, many times on many, many occasions. And <laughs> just being real. And so, like, I've got this, this eager willingness to shed some pounds. But, man, there's double-stuffed Oreos and Little Debbies hanging out in our kitchen. I'm like, what in the world? That's not commitment. That's nowhere near commitment. Come on, somebody. That's good preaching. That's nowhere near commitment. In the spring of 1519, uh, this dude named Hernando Cortez, and though uh, he received permission from the governor of Spain to take 11 ships and 700 men to discover a new world. And so they sailed with all the eager willingness that Paul wrote about and to expand the territories of Spain and to increase the treasures that they would find in this new land. And when they landed in Veracruz, their eager willingness waned quickly because what they discovered is that there was some of the most savage, violent natives that they had not even prepared for. And all of a sudden, the crew began to dissent. They began to talk to one another. They began to say things like, yo, I want to go home. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. I don't like the food here. And I sure don't like people trying to chase me around and cut off my head. I did not sign up for this. I want to go home. Well, their eager willingness was gone. And when Cortez got wind of the descent of his crew, he gave an order to one man. And that order was very, very simple. Go back, find the ships, burn the ships burn the ships. And they did. And that, my friends, that's commitment. Burn the ships. Someone has said that there's a difference in the levels of participation when it comes to breakfast and when you're having eggs and bacon. See, the chicken is involved because of the egg, but the hog, the hog is committed. Commitment is taking your passionate desire to do something, drawing a line in the sand, stepping across that line and saying, you know what? There is no turning back. That's how we finish strong. That's how we finish strong. When we commit with that kind of resolve, and it's exactly what was personified by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was battling over what he knew was about to happen. He knew what was about to happen. Okay, And scripture says that the stress and the agony was so intense that he literally began to sweat drops of blood. His skin, the capillaries were bursting under that distress. And you hear it in his words as he says in Luke 22, verse 42, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Father, if there is any other way, please let something change. Okay, And I, I, I believe in this moment, this is where our Savior stepped across the line 
and said, there is no turning back. This is where Jesus said, burn the ship. There's no turning back because he says, after all that, after saying, God, if there's any other way, if you're willing, let this cup pass from me. But then he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And in that moment, it was on. It, he was going to finish and he was going to finish strong. We start with commitment by making a commitment with great resolve. Draw a line in the sand, step across and say, I, it, it, it's over. I'm, I'm, I, <laughs> I'm making the decision right now. I'm not going back. I'm burning the ships. I'm not going back. And then after we've made that commitment, number two, we're going to take the very next step. We're going to take the very next step. And after that, we're going to take the next step. And after that, we're going to take the next step. And after that, we're going to take the next step. Why? Because the chasm between where we live today in our present reality and where Christ is calling us to, where God wants us to live, is so overwhelming. I know it is for my life as well. From where I am in my present reality to where I know God is calling me to and what he's wanting me to do, that chasm from reality to what he's, what he's saying is so overwhelming. That's why a lot of people don't finish. Uh, they look at that huge chasm. They look at that huge separation where they are and where God wants us. And they say, you know what? I can't do it. I can't go there. I can't be that. I can't make that happen. Yes, you can. You can. All it takes is one step. Don't look at the whole journey. Just look at the very next step. It's just one step. And so we're going to make a commitment, and then we're going to take one step. We're going to take one step into our destiny. We're going to take one step at a time to get out of my addiction. We're going to take one step at a time toward restoring our marriage. We're going to take one step at a time toward, toward our dream. We're going to take one step at a time toward the promise of God. You're going to take one step at a time toward your healing. You're going to take one step at a time toward getting out of debt. You're going to take one step at a time. And that first step might be a conversation. It might be accountability. It might be sharing with someone the thing that maybe you've kept secret for so long. It could be a phone call. It could be a letter. It might be just saying, I'm sorry. Or it might be forgiving someone who has told you that they were sorry. But it's time to take that very next step. Just one step at a time. And with each step you take, there's healing in that step. I want you to catch that. With each step you take, there's healing in that step. Doesn't mean the step's easy. Doesn't mean the step's just going to come naturally. But it means you're getting closer to the plan and the purpose of God in your life. So what's that next step for you? What's that next step? You don't have to map out the whole thing. What's your next step? Is it the letter you write? Is it to cut up a credit card? Is it to make a phone call? Is it to fill out your resume? What is your next step? What's your next step? Maybe your next step's gonna happen today. Maybe you realize that today you need to surrender your life to Christ. And so maybe your very next step is just to give your life to Christ today. We're gonna have an opportunity for you to do that here in just a few moments. But we're gonna finish. And we're gonna finish strong. And we're gonna finish well. We're going to commit and we're going to commit with great resolve. And then we're going to take one step at a time. This time of year it is kind of can be overwhelming to think about the journey that Christ went on. The journey from uh, the Garden of Gethsemane to the cross. 
Jesus was crucified on a hill, and that hill was literally called Golgotha, which meant the place of the skull. And I often imagine what that journey up that hill looked like as he was beaten within an inch of his life. Uh, one, of the old, one of the writers in the Old Testament said that he was barely recognizable as a human being. And then he would take that next step up that hill to that cross, to your cross, to my cross, where he bore our sin. And in that agony, as he got up that hill, that crown of thorns being put on his brow, the thorns going in his skin. And with that step, just the hope, just the hope that he had that you would say yes to a, re a relationship with him. And then he picked up that beam and he would, that beam that he would be hung upon. And he placed it upon his beaten shoulders. And he took a step with hopes that those of us who are suffering and suffocating under the weight of bondage and addiction. He took the next step knowing that what he was doing would pay the price so that we could go free. And then he clawed his way up on that cross where those spikes were driven in his wrist and in his feet. He took another step to show you, I love you. I love you this much. He finished well. He finished strong. And for those of us who have breath in our lungs, who have not yet finished what God has purposed in our heart to finish, let us be encouraged by this passage in Philippians. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. See, he's going to help us finish. And he's, he's began a good work in you. He's began a good work in me. And he's going to help see that work through. He's going to help us finish. But we got to do our part too. Let's make that commitment. Let's make that commitment. And then let's step, take one step into the direction of that plan and purpose in our life. In 1968, Mexico City Olympics, John Stephen Alcari from Tanzania, he set out for hopes of an Olympic gold medal in the 26.2 mile marathon race. I just ran one of them this morning, by the way. Exhilarating. Felt good. Sadly for him and his country, though, midway through the race, he had a horrible accident. Falling to the ground, gashing his knee wide open, dislocating his knee from the joint. It looked like it was going to keep him from finishing the race. Well, all the other runners, they left him behind. And eventually they entered to the Olympic Stadium and they finished their final lap. Over an hour after the last runner had finished the race, everyone else had completed and an hour had passed. John Stephen Aquari shocked the world. The stadium was mostly empty by now, but this injured runner hobbled into the stadium, limping and fighting his way to the finish line. With his leg wrapped in a towel and blood gushing down his leg, this hero finished a race that virtually everyone else would have quit. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to finish the race. No matter how hard it gets, we're going to finish. We're going to finish. Because we have unfinished business. God is calling us to finish the race. And after the race was won, 
Interviewers asked him, they said, John, why did you do that? When no one else would have, why did you do that? Everyone would have been okay. Everyone would understand if you would just bow down the race. Look at how bad you're hurt. And I'll never forget John's words as he looked back into that interview's camera. And he said, my country did not send me 5,000 miles across this planet to start the race. My country sent me 5,000 miles across this world to finish it. That's what they sent me to do. God did not send his son, Jesus Christ, to die up on a cross just so we could start a race. He sent him so that we could finish it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to finish it. And I'm asking you to commit. You commit. You take that next step and you finish the race. You finish well and you finish strong. God's not through with us yet, church. We have unfinished business, unfinished business in our community, unfinished business in our home, unfinished business in our area, unfinished business in our state, unfinished business in our nation, and unfinished business in our world. Church, we have unfinished business. There are times when you know that the Lord has spoken to you. And uh, this past week, was one of those times. Uh, I was outside doing a little bit of yard work outside, and just uh, talking to the Lord about this weekend's message and, and pre preparing in my mind for uh, the things he wanted me to say. And, and I just know someone who's watching right now or someone who's going to watch, uh, there, there's something that the Lord wants to, uh, wants to speak to you today. And I want you to know for sure um, the Bible said that Jesus said, it is finished. It is finished. He didn't say you were finished. He didn't say you're done. He said, it is finished. Everything that I need to accomplish to resource you to live your life to the fullest, it's finished. I've taken care of it. It's done. He didn't say you were finished. See, that's what the enemy wants us to believe. The enemy wants us to believe that you are finished, that you are done, that there's no way up out of the pit that you're in right now. It's too big. It's too too wide. It's too deep. You're finished. And I don't know what kind of pit you might be in right now. It could be a pit of discouragement. It could be a pit of depression. It could be a pit of loneliness. It could be the pit of a failed relationship, a failed marriage, a pit of debt, a pit of an addiction, a pit of a, a destructive habit. Maybe there's a pit of lies that surrounds you today, a pit of chaos in your family. Maybe it's just a pit of sin that has you bound. And the enemy wants to say to you today, you are in the pit and there's no way up out of the pit. You are finished. No, no, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, it is finished. Not you are finished. Jesus says, I'm the ladder out. I'm the ladder up and I'm the ladder over. I am the way out. And today we're not only going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have the chance today to celebrate the resurrection of your life too. We have the chance today because Jesus rose from the grave. You can rise from all things that are dead in your life as well. Maybe your hope is dead. Maybe your peace is dead. Maybe your joy is dead. Maybe your desire to, to pursue him is dead. 
dead. Maybe your desire just to pursue anything, man, right now is dead. But here's the thing. Jesus is your way up, and Jesus is your way out, and Jesus is your way over. He didn't say you're finished. He said, it's finished. You, We still have unfinished business in our life. And so I'm asking you today to come up out of that pit. And it's not only me asking, it's the Lord calling today. Come up out of that pit. We're going to get out of that depression. We're going to get out of that discouragement. We're going to get out of that bondage. We're going to get out of that fear. We're going to get out of that loneliness. We're going to get out of that anxiety. We're going to get out of that despair. We're coming up out of that pit today because there's hope and there's power and there's safety and there's calm and there's comfort and there's peace and the power in the name of Jesus Christ. I just want to share that with someone today. We're going to make a commitment today and we're going to take one step at a time and you're coming out, you're coming up, and you're coming over. Come on somebody. It's resurrection day for someone who's watching this right now. It's resurrection day in your life. All those things that seem dead, all those relationships that seem dead, all those dreams that seem dead, you're coming up out of it right now. It's Resurrection Day here on Easter Sunday. Come on, somebody shout right where you're at. Yeah, this is awesome, man. God's getting ready to do something incredible in some people's life this morning. And so with that being said, I'm just going to ask you, man, would you just bow your head right where you're at? And I want to pray. And I, I just, I want to pray for us. And and, and God, to this, this morning we acknowledge that there is so much unfinished business in our life. And we ask today, we ask that your Holy Spirit would lead us to take that next step, that we could do everything that you called us to do because you've empowered us to do it through your resurrection power. And just like your son, Jesus, we could finish well too. Lord, we love you today. And I ask your blessing in Jesus' name. As you're there this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe right where you're at. What is your unfinished business? What is your unfinished business? Those of you who would say, you know, unquestionably, there's some unfinished business in my life. There's some things God's called me to do. There's some dreams God's placed in my heart. There's some things that, that I, I know he, he has called me to accomplish that I've given up on. I've got unfinished business. I got people I need to talk to. I got dreams I need to pursue. I got vision, man. God's placed some vision in my life, and it's time that I accomplish the vision. What's God called you to? You got unfinished business. And he would say, you know what, Pastor Jared? I want to commit, and I want to take that next step. And I'm, I'm believing this, that when you say, God, I'm committing to you, that he's going to give you the very next step. We may not have everything in its entirety. We may not have the whole journey mapped out right now. But he's going to give you the next step, and that's all we need. The word says that, that his word, the Bible, is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. You've got something to light your way in the word of God. We're going to take the next step, and we're going to see God accomplish great things in your life. If you say, you know what, Jared, I got unfinished business. I'm letting the enemy know right now it's time to go to work because I got unfinished business. In my life. If that's you, it'd be an honor to pray with you right now. And so I just want you to acknowledge that in some way. Maybe, maybe it's just in your heart. You say, you know what? Yeah, that's me. Or maybe you want to, you know, you, like at church, we always say, hey, raise a hand. You know, maybe right where you're at, you want to lift up your hand and that's just your signal to God. Hey, you, you have me today. 
I got unfinished business and I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go to work for you. So right there where you're at, I just want to pray with you right now. God, I thank you. I thank you that you're a God who still speaks. God, I thank you that there's no accident that we're here today. There's no accident this word's gone forward today. God, this is the Holy Spirit. I, I, I pray that he would uh, show us the unfinished business in our life. God, I pray that today in your presence that we would make a commitment to do exactly what you called us to do, exactly what you put before us. And God, that we would take a step across that line, we would burn the ship and we would not go back. Then God, I ask that your Holy Spirit would allow us and show us that very next step, that we would keep in step with you. God, I thank you for the lives that have been changed and the lives that will be changed. I thank you for what you're doing in the hearts and lives of people who are watching this stream right now. And God, we're believing for unfinished business to be accomplished for your kingdom. And God, we love you and we praise you. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. And it's still right there, right where you're at. As you keep praying today, there may be some watching who the most important thing, the most important unfinished piece of business in your life is that you have never invited Jesus into your life. And at this moment, you recognize that on this Easter Sunday, man, what an opportunity, what a moment to receive into your heart and into your life the greatest gift known to man. And that's the gift of eternal life. That's also the gift of purpose, the gift of passion, the gift to have a plan for your life. Because that's what God gives you when you invite him in. And so maybe right now you say, you know what, I'm, I know I'm not in right relationship with him. Maybe you've never gave your heart to Jesus Christ, or maybe you, you, uh, maybe you prayed a prayer a long time ago. Maybe it's back in kids camp or youth camp or, or maybe at a revival, but you know right now you're not walking in relationship with him. Well, today isn't it time? Isn't it time to get things going in the right direction? Isn't it a great opportunity for us to say, you know what, God, it's, it's time for me to come home. It's time for me to come back into relationship with you. I realize I have unfinished business in my life. And the first, the, my first step is to come into relationship with you. And so if that's you, I just want you to acknowledge that. You may think, how in the world can God do this for me? I've done so much against him. But listen, the answer is found in Jesus' three words. It's finished. It's finished. Everything that he needed to, to do to resource you to live the life that he's called you to live, it's finished. He's empowered you. He will empower you through the promise of his Holy Spirit. And so this morning, you may be sitting there saying, I, I, I've unfinished business and I need to make things right. Man, it's my honor and my privilege to lead you in a, just a simple prayer today that will get you started. This is your first step toward getting on track and getting life going back in the right direction. Today, we believe you'll be forgiven. And today, we believe that you will be made right in the eyes of the Lord. Man, what an awesome, awesome opportunity. And so those of you who say, you know what? That, that's me. That's what I want. That's, that's where I'm at. God, I'm not right with you. It's time to get right with you. Will you say this prayer with me? Just say this prayer. You can speak it out loud. You can shout it. But just, just say this simple prayer with me. And we believe that today, you're making a commitment and when God's going to show you that next step for your life, just say, Father, forgive me. Forgive me of all my sin as I invite you into my life today. And today, I commit all of my life to you. 
I love you and I'll serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hey, this morning, if you prayed that simple prayer, we believe that you got born again. We believe that now you are in relationship with God. And it's our honor and our privilege to help you in this journey. Maybe you're not from our area. Maybe you're watching from miles away. We want to encourage you. Get in a good Bible-based church. Get in a church that preaches and teaches the word. Get plugged in. Okay, But if you're in our area and you don't have a home church, we'd love to invite you to Elm Grove Community Church. We know over the next few weeks we're going to be right here online, but hopefully soon we'll be able to gather back together again. But it's been an honor and a privilege today. If you made a decision to follow Christ, would you do me a favor? There on Facebook or YouTube or however you're you're viewing this, this stream. Can you just message us? You can hop on Facebook, send us a private message. You can call the church office, 580-764-3514. But get in touch with us. We want to know the decision you made, and we want to we want to be excited for you. We want to encourage you, but we also want to help resource you on this new journey that you're in. And so it would be an honor to hear from you today. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us today for our Easter celebration Sunday. We love you guys, Elm Grove friends and family. It's an honor, an honor to be before you today. Thanks for inviting us into your homes. Look forward to coming right back. Now, remember tonight, okay, tonight at seven o'clock, uh, we're having a kids service. We'll be streaming a kids service. So excited about that. Want to invite you. If you got kids, grandkids, they're in elementary, usually come to Powerhouse Kids on Wednesday night. We want to invite them, invite all kids. Come and be a part of the kids service tonight. Be streaming on all of our uh, online platforms tonight at 7 o'clock. Going to be an exciting time. Hey, again, guys, we love you. God bless you guys. Have a fantastic rest of the day. Jesus is alive and well. We know it, we believe it, we see it, we experience it. He's alive and he's still touching hearts and lives. God bless you guys. Make it a great Easter Sunday. This is what they felt like when it happened. And today, it's how we should feel too. Because what it meant for them, it means for us. 